0: Coming to you live from Norman, Oklahoma. This is your favorite podcast that makes you just want to eat. This is Burgers and Brats with your host Braxton Poe and Matt Marks. Hey everyone, Matt Marks here. Well, you know, we have a major trade alert. We just traded Braxton Poe and we got Jacob Clements and Jacob Thomas. Fellas, welcome to Burgers and Brats. How you doing? right. It feels good to move up in the world a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Well, it's good to have you here. Jake, this is your first time on the show. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Well,
0: good. Well, we got a lot to talk about. And nothing better than the really super lame bowl that took place on Sunday. I want to get your thoughts because I don't think a lot of people expected that 16 points
2: would be the total in the Super Bowl. So, Jake? It was not a superb bowl. It was really, in my opinion, one of the most boring games of football I've ever watched in my life. Wow. I'm sorry. I expected more out of the Rams. This is the same team that, between the Rams and Chiefs in that one game, led them to what? Like over a hundred combined points in that game, Jared Goff threw for like 400 yards or something like that, To come out and only get three points. Like, I'm sorry, I could go out on the field and get three points.
0: Okay, so comparing yourself to NFL <laughs> players, that's a major, major, hottest take we've
1: probably heard on this show. Jake, your thoughts. Well, Jacob, let me ask you this Do you appreciate the game of football? I do appreciate the game of football, yes. Okay, I don't buy it because the Super Bowl was a great game of football. And if you know football and you admire and appreciate the art and the game of football, you would admire the way that that Patriots defense played football and shut down a potent Rams offense, both rushing and passing, and held them to three points and got themselves a Super Bowl because of it.
2: I admire the fact that the the Rams got held to three points by the Patriots defense because that shows that you do have good defense, which I know you've always said this is one of your hallmarks said a great defense wins championships, no matter how great your offense is. And, you know, I think as well, the reason that I stated that is because this is an incredibly potent Rams team that has, you know, even before Cooper Cup went down and even then Um, with whoever they've been slotting in that third slot repeatedly throughout games. Brandon Cooks. Um, Yeah, Cooks as well. Like, you really, you know, it's a great wide receiver combo with Todd Gurley. I expected Todd Gurley to get more yards, but that was season low for him. Coming off
1: of an injury.
2: I mean, yeah, coming off of an injury, but even then, you know, he didn't play much in the Saints game. He didn't play much in the Cowboys game. That was uh, due to C.J. Anderson. You know, and I really just think that with as much recovery time as he's had for something that they said was not severe, that he would have put up at least like 25, 50 yards instead of, I don't even know how many yards it was, honestly, off the top of my head, but it was season low, season low for him. And I think that that is a big part of why the Rams suffered is because they couldn't get the run game going with Gurley, who has arguably been their biggest playmaker of the season. Do you want to add to that? Todd
0: Gurley, 35 yards rushing. C.J. Anderson, 22. And Robert Woods even got
1: five yards. So not much of the ground no. game at all. So why, why is it so bad that the offense didn't do much, but why can't it be so good that the defense did so much?
2: I agree with you that the defense did a lot. You know, the Patriots' defense had a great performance. You know, I think that... You know, at times, um, they really kind of bail out the Patriots' offense because there were a lot of times the Patriots' offense stalled out there. Um, and I think, you know, getting that critical 3-and-out uh, uh, with the Rams that eventually led to that touchdown and then ceiling with the field goal, um, you know, you can honestly argue that in the Super Bowl, the biggest playmakers are the special teams. Want to add real quick, Patriots... You look at their
0: defense in the last two games against two very potent offenses in Kansas City and the Rams, both teams were shut out in the first half. Now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Chiefs got fire. We got overtime. They lost. The Rams did not look like the Rams that we saw all
2: season. Yeah. Well, let's make this clear. Kansas City lost because of the NFL overtime rules and how they favor the team who gets the coin toss. If the NFL changed the overtime rules to where both teams could get it, and I understand you know, people are going to say, well, that, you know, that relies on the defense to get you know, three and out, get a field goal, or just completely get a stop, interceptions. You know, at the same time, you know, while Tom Brady you know, has six Super Bowl rings, in my opinion, the better quarterback that day was left off the field in overtime when it counted the most. Jake, your I'd response.
1: D- I'd agree with that. Uh, but to the love and heart to my hometown team, but I think the reason they lost that game was because they simply lined up offsides. Yeah, that was a pretty big thing. The game honestly. was like They were going to the Super Bowl, and that, that cost it for them. And yes, yeah. the rules are rigged. But just. Yeah, I mean, we've seen you know. how Tom
2: Brady does in uh, postseason games that go to overtime, and he gets the coin toss. Just a, it's
1: It's a guaranteed thing. Just to explain, though, your description of the Super Bowl and all, it doesn't sound like a boring game, and it's it's frankly disgraceful to the game to call it boring, because it gives no respect to those defenses that went out and played well. The Rams' defense played just as great, and they shut down where they needed to, but their offense couldn't do anything. Like so that. frankly, in my opinion, the MVP trophy should have gone to the Patriots' defense, but it's just the mindset that football culture is in right now that it has to go to an offensive player. I mean, true. just uh, he, nothing to take away from Edelman. He had a fantastic game. A lot of receptions really kept that offense going because of him. But the reason they won that game was because that Rams offense couldn't do anything.
2: And, I mean, you can also argue that the Rams kind of shot themselves in the foot there because, you know, if you take – the last, if you take the last two teams the Patriots played, the Chiefs and the Rams, who by the way both matched up in that game that I referenced earlier you know the Chiefs gave them a hell of a run for their money and the only reason that they lost was because of those overtime rules in my opinion, whereas the Rams, you know, simply sputtered um, and I think, you know, if you hadn't had that blown P.I. call, the Saints Rams game, I think a uh, Brother Breeze would have put up a little bit better numbers against Tom Brady.
0: Something interesting, I I thought, from this game. When you look at it on the Rams' side, where was Todd Gurley? Mm
2: -hmm. You know, I
0: mean, really. I mean, we know that he wasn't playing... He had that knee injury towards the end of the season. He missed the last couple games of the regular season, being very cautious, of course. And you get this emergence of C.J. Anderson that's like, whoa. I mean, this guy really could... Be even maybe a little bit better than Gurley in the postseason um, in rushing yards. C.J. Anderson had 189, Gurley had 160. So obviously Gurley wasn't playing 100 even when he was in. He wasn't as strong as we've seen all this season. And you have to wonder, you know, going into next season. Of course, yeah, you will have Gurley back, and you know he's there. He'll be 100. percent You wonder what's going to happen with C.J. Anderson, where he'll go because, you know, he's earned his time to be a major contributor to a team that, I mean, what he's done in the Rams' offense is really strong. So you wonder where he'll go next year. But it, you got to also wonder, too, I mean, of course, within off season, Gurley will be 100%. He'll be ready to go next year. But it's a very quick turnaround for a guy that that knee was bothering him in the postseason. He wasn't
2: 100%. Yeah, and, you know, if, honestly, if I was C.J. Anderson, i go out and look for greener pastures in a place that needs a running back, like Houston. Um, and Or, you know, even, like, uh, teams that really just need help in general. Um, Green Bay, Detroit, um, all those teams. And so I really think that, you know, if you're him, you're like, hey, I did this all in the postseason, the last couple of games. I mean, I can make a good impact for you. So, any
0: other thoughts on this? On the Super Bowl or anything, Jake?
1: No, I mean, Gurley didn't show up as much in the playoffs as he did in the regular season, but it wasn't... You can't watch the Super Bowl and say it was surprising that Gurley wasn't as much as a factor. I mean, this showed when they played the Bears in the regular season. It showed when they played the Eagles. They were inconsistent at times, and they fortunately were able to light it up and get their way to the Super Bowl, but uh, C.J. Anderson proved to be a weapon for him, and so... While he was missing, I totally understand McVeigh's purpose of putting his trust in CJ because he sure showed it against the Cowboys and on that back half of the season it was impressive.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna come back to a little bit um, more of this in, in NFL talk here in a minute, but I want to switch gears a little bit to basketball. Now, the trade deadline is hours away. And this is exciting because (laughs) I think my mind has kind of been blown these last couple of days um, with what has
2: just been like, I mean, these trades. Oh my gosh, I know, Blockbuster deals. Like that, I know you and Braxton talked about this on your last show before he got traded. Um, You know, that Porzingis trade, I mean, that is franchise changing for Dallas and if you're in New York at this point, you're basically saying, I got to rebuild. Like, you know, I guess that they got good players from the Mavs, but man, Porzingis was their main playmaker. I mean, I can understand why he wanted out of there, because it's the same reason why Melo wanted out of there. Ownership is toxic. Coaching refuses to do anything different. Um, and I really think that that factored into a huge thing on why Porzingis got traded. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, with New York,
0: they're looking, obviously, for cap space. They're wanting to try to sign KD and sign someone else to two max contracts, and I get it. It was We talked in our last episode. You know, Braxton mentioned, yeah, you know, it's great for New York. New York. They win the trade. I said, you know what? I think both teams won. Mavs get two cornerstone pieces. You're looking good for the future. But um, speaking of the Mavericks, a, a trade has just happened last night. Harrison Barnes is on his way to the Kings for Justin Jackson um, and Zach Randolph on an expiring contract who I, I saw on Twitter that uh, could be looking at maybe a buyout with him so he may never play in Dallas. But interesting now the Mavericks are taking on this role. And you know, I've got to talk about my Mavericks. Oh yeah. But they're taking this now, okay, we're going to start shedding this cap space and saying we're not done yet. We're mm-hmm. going to try to get someone in free agency with the money we have. We shed off, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes' twenty-five million option, which is you know a lot of money for a guy oh, yeah. who is a contributor. He's not a superstar. He's an all-star. He can be an all-star player. I don't see him as a superstar. Mm-hmm.
2: But that's quite a bit of a contract. Well, I was going to say as well, like a really apt comparison for this is basically. The Mavs are going back up to the trade uh, area like someone at golden corral. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet for them at this point. I mean, Harrison Barnes going to a young Sacramento team with you know one of our favorite basketball players, Buddy Hield. Um, you know, I really think that that could help them out. And you know, I agree with you. Harrison Barnes' contract was ridiculous. I get that he was a good stopgap uh, for the Warriors he needed a little bit of an explosion off the bench. you could just kind of keep going. But even then, you know, I thought with um, him in Dallas, like you know, I thought he was good. I don't think I didn't think he was superstar level. Um, of course, Mark Cuban does have a history of misjudging superstars. Um, you know, right before that Game Five loss in 2015 to the Thunder, Uh-huh, you're just um, <laughs> But But uh, no, I was going to say this is um, you know this changes the Western Conference because. You know, you essentially have, in my opinion, the next Steven Dirk. And Mark Cuban publicly came out and said, I made the mistake of not keeping Steve Nash with Dirk longer. I'm not making that mistake this time. And Mark Cuban, man, you know, just like Shark Tank, he's making good investments. Yeah, and he's exactly
0: right. Um, Another deal that went down also, Clippers' Tobias Harris is on his way to the Eastern Conference to join the new
2: Big Four in Philadelphia. Your thoughts? Well, Philly actually yesterday opened up at 9-4 odds to win the East, which is awesome. They're only right behind Boston, um, which I'm really excited about because that Boston team is looking a little vulnerable. Um, I honestly think they were better with... Kyrie not running point, and that young team that they had going on um, a couple years ago. But I think what really um, has made the difference for this, you know, I think that Philly is finally getting Jimmy Butler under control a little bit. You know, getting Ben Simmons under control, Joel Embiid. um, You know, still I think is one of the best centers in the NBA right now, and I think that it's. You know, very good team that is going to make a pretty good run for it. So, yeah. I want to
0: mention two things before we get to kind of the big hypothetical trade that to talk about. Uh, John Wall uh, is now out for a whole year, so that is bad news for the Wizards. And the Wizards are now trying to. It looks like are going to just tear that team apart. Otto Porter Jr. has been traded to the Bulls for Bobby Portis, Jabard Parker, and a second round pick. Now, I want to get to this because this is pretty big. Biggest talk right now is about Anthony Davis, and he wants to be in L.A. Everything is showing in L.A. He doesn't want to go to Boston, but the Pelicans are like, no, we're going to wait and see every deal because we own you know, his rights until 2020. But you saw that mega deal that the Lakers were saying, we'll give you
2: everything but LeBron. Give us Anthony Davis. You know, I actually said that in 2K19. And they literally, that was probably the fastest, fastest accepted trade deal I've ever had in that game. But, you know, honestly, everyone's like, oh, L.A. is so great. Paul George said he wanted to be in L.A. too, and look where he's at right now. Um, you know, I think that, you know, kind of a dark horse team that maybe puts together some pieces can make a pretty good run at A.D. Because um, as we all know, uh, Sam Presti, the master GM, always comes in with a trade of the last minute. And, but honestly, though, I mean, the Lakers, uh, Magic Johnson put it right. They're essentially bidding against themselves at this point because the Pelicans really don't want to do anything. Um, but I'm sorry. That might be, like, the most large trade offer I've ever seen in an NBA trade, potentially. And I also think that it's a bad one for LA because... You uh, give up all your young stars, Alonzo, uh Ingram, Kuzma, who has proved to be really effective. And, I mean, let's be real here, Lance Stevenson. Um, you know, great at off-court antics, not great on the court. Um, there would be one positive to that trade, though, which is LeVar Ball would finally be able to shut up about L.A., which I think that that's why Alonzo didn't get dealt to San Antonio earlier in the year is because... San Antonio didn't want to deal with LeVar Ball. So I'm
0: guessing right now, just by everything you said, you're not a LeVar Ball
2: fan. LeVar Ball, trying to take on number one, the big shoe companies, pulling his kids out of school to go play in Lithuania, which I'm sorry, Lithuanian food, all respect to them, but it's Lithuania is out there, um, especially, you know, in those European leagues where a lot of older people are people are playing against you um he's very outspoken and i know he does that to get attention but man you just have to wonder for the lakers when is enough enough with him because he actually came out and said you know oh i would want Lonzo to go to phoenix and i'm just like you don't really get a choice in where your son gets traded.
0: Well, I mean, you, you look at the NBA now, I mean, players have a really a lot more say, I, I believe, than, I mean, in certain players. And if they're not going to want to play, that team that they get traded to will find a way to trade them. If that made sense, if he did get traded to the Pelicans, I'd be like, fine, you don't play for us Pelicans, then can ship him somewhere else and get another asset from him. So I'm not like, okay, you don't play for us, we're going to get something for you. But yeah, Phoenix could use him, sure.
2: I mean, if I were the Pelicans, I would take that deal, and then I would find a way to ship Lonzo to Phoenix and somehow get Devin Booker, because he's he, he could move. If the right deal is put together. Yeah, it would not anywhere because you have to throw... Oh, yeah, you'd have to
0: throw in more people. A but, lot more people. Devin yeah. Booker is, an, I mean, a superstar.
2: He, he is a superstar, but I'm telling you, with the amount of superstar trades that we've seen lately, you know, with uh, Kyrie and Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, with this potential 80 uh, to L.A. trade, you know, I think that this kind of proves that if you just basically, it's kind of like that Futurama scene where it's like, shut up and take my money. If you just throw a lot of things at one team and you're like, I want this person tell me what I can do to get this one person, I think that that's the stage that we're at in NBA trade talks.
0: When Braxton, uh, well, when I see him again, because you know he's on another team, we traded oh, yeah. him. Hopefully, we'll trade him back right before the deadline. I mean, you all have been great, but, you know, we got to get Braxton back soon. Oh, yeah. Um,. We gotta bring you back on Jacob for just a uh, you know, analogies with Jacob or something. You've always got, you know, very obscure things, but maybe somehow they tie in, but at least they make you think, you know? So, you know, you have always got something. It keeps it interesting. I will, you know. Oh, yeah. I've known you for a while, you always keeping everyone on their toes. So but I gotta tell you, because we gotta get Jake back on this because you know, he's <laughs> now talking probably with Mike Pereira or something up in the booth. Oh Dean uh, Blandino too. Dean Blandino. So we gotta get him back on the field for this one. But I want to do a quick little game with you. So, tonight is going to be live the NBA All-Star Draft. Team LeBron and Team Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, and LeBron are going to draft their teams. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about this. Oh, it's going
2: to be so much fun, Matt. I'm telling you. So, I thought it would be fun. Let's draft our teams. Oh, yeah. So,
0: I've got my list here. You can see this. Mm-hmm. So we've got. I'm gonna let you pick first, okay? You're gonna act as the Greek freak, and I'll be LeBron. All right. And out of our out of these players, I've got a list right here. Um, are the starters? So we got to draft our starters before we can go to the reserves. So tell me first with your first pick,
2: who you're gonna have on your team. If I was Giannis, I would probably pick. Um, I would probably pick Paul George, and that's not me being biased as a Thunder fan. Paul George is having an MVP caliber season right now, and you know, even though Westbrook is still getting triple-doubles, which, by the way, he's averaging a triple-double for three years now, currently in his third year. Paul George is having an MVP caliber season. I would take him, pair him up. That is it. That could be a very, very nasty combo.
0: Okay, so you got Paul George. Well, I'm going to take the guy that just can't miss from downtown. I'm taking Steph Curry. Oh yeah, you. I mean, you have
2: to. Yeah, I have to. So I got Steph. Okay, who who you going next with out of your starters? You know, um, this is personal bias coming into this. I will not choose Kevin Durant. I will choose James Harden. James, James Harden, Harden uh, has been going off a lot lately. Um, I think he's had like the most like 40 and 50 point games since Kobe. Um, well, I don't think that's sustainable. I think it's sustainable for the All Star game.
0: Okay, so, you know, I'm just going to keep rolling with uh, the boys from the Bay. I'm going Kevin Durant. Sorry. I understand. Right. I understand.
2: KD, Steph, and LeBron. All right, who else you got? You know what? Um, I think I'm going to do uh, Joel Embiid here. Joel Embiid is nasty down in the paint. Um, I think that. You know, he is a very high-quality player, and I'd love to show the Eastern Conference a little bit of love. All right, I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard, Ooh. all right? Well, I mean, you know he's going to demand to be traded halfway through the game, right? <laughs> because he's not happy with the coaching. Oh, boy. <laughs> Watch out for that one. All right, we got two stars left. Kimba Walker, Kyrie Irving, who are you taking? You know, I'm going to pick Kemba, less entry-prone. Um, and I think, you know, he's going to be... Pretty
0: good, All honestly. Right. And I'm going to take Kyrie. So, real quick, want to recap. I've got LeBron, Steph, Durant, Kyrie, and Kyrie, and Kawhi. And you've got the Greek Freak, Paul George, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Kimball Walker. So, comment on our Twitter, Burgers Bratz. Give us your starting lineup. Who would you draft? Now, really quickly, we're just going to lightning round, okay? Mm-hmm.
2: From the reserves. Russell Westbrook, taking? easily. I put Kemba Walker in for one minute, put Westbrook in. That's a nasty combo right there.
0: All right. I'm going to take Anthony Davis. Oh. Pair him up with Steph, Durant, LeBron. Let's just make this the ultimate super team.
2: Fair. Uh, I am going to take um, Kyle Lowry next. I think you know he's really good. He is a incredible three-point shooter. I think that's why I'm doing that.
0: All right, I'm going to go with um, Vucevic from Ooh. the Magic. He's a, a big that can shoot the three. I'm a fan of that style of game, so let's see some threes from the big man.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Ben Simmons. Uh, he's a dominating presence for a third-year person, really second-year, but I think that's why I'm going to do that.
0: All right, I'm going to pair up Steph and Clay. We're just going to make Ooh. them and
2: Durant. The whole Warriors team, I'm taking Clay, uh, Clay Thompson. All right, uh, I'm going to take Bradley Beal next. Um kind of assembling you know a pretty good team here but I definitely like him he's a good player.
0: All right, I'm going to take Chris Middleton from the
2: Bucks. All right. Just to add
0: on to the team.
2: I'm going to take the cap baby. You got to take Karl-Anthony Towns. I honestly think he probably should have been a starter. I'm going to take another. Uh, I'm going to take Nikola Jokic, ooh, from the Nuggets, another big man that can shoot the three. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, I'm going to take Damian Lillard, consistent producer. Very happy with him.
0: Nice. I'm going to go Blake Griffin and add him to the team right there. All right. And there's two left. We've got D'Angelo Russell or Aldridge. I'm going to go Aldridge. All right. So. Nice. And I will take D'Angelo Russell, who's filling in for Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. All right. And the last pick, the most important pick, the two legends, Dirk and Dwayne Wade. Who are you taking? Dirk. Oh. any day Okay. Well, I'll take Dwayne Wade. It's Oh, <laughs> well, you got to
2: pair D-Wade with LeBron. That's true. It's good to see both of them
0: now making their appearance. So, it'll be good. It'll be really good to see them in their both their mm-hmm. final years, uh, final last seasons, to mm-hmm. be a part of it. All right. Hey, so, we're bringing back Jake. He's back from the booth. All right. How was it, Jake? Welcome it back. great. It's Did awesome. you uh, send any touchdowns with no flags?
1: I did, all of the touchdowns.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, hey, we're going to have you back. Hey, let's talk NFL. So this segment, if you were the GM, so we're not saying with a certain team, but we're saying you're the GM, what free agent on the market right now are you like, I want him on my team, and why? So, Jake, I'll start with you.
1: Well, uh, it's kind of early to tell. Uh, because a lot of these guys are likely to be re-signed that are being considered free agents. Um, But the ones that I guess are pretty interesting, um, I'd go with Earl Thomas out of Seattle. And it's an interesting free agent to look at and one that I would like because I do like his game. Uh, He's played really well over his career. But I'm interested in him because he'll be coming off of an injury. I don't know how much interest people are really showing him. So he may be a great one to scoop up if no one else is really showing interest. I think that'd be a great option. Um, won't come at a small price, though. Uh, and then staying in the secondary as well, we're going to move over to Houston with the Honey Badger and Tyron Matthew, and we'll see. Uh, I don't know, I think he'd be a great uh, player on any team, and so it's just a matter of whether or not Houston chooses to resign or move elsewhere. I think they'll resign, in my opinion, but we'll see.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know what, mine's going to be
2: a little bit of an interesting choice. I'm going to go Le'Veon Bell for his skills, not his attitude. Um, in my opinion, sitting out an entire year... Has damaged his reputation. Um, so as a GM, you know I obviously would try to pay him his money, but at the same time, um, you know I would definitely state, look, our intentions for getting you is that you play every single game, provided you don't have a family emergency, you're not injured. And I think that you know that is something that the Steelers didn't do because you know he was kind of their star player at the time. Uh, you know, other than Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and. Maybe a little bit of juju in there. Um, I would definitely, though, on a new team, be like, hey, the rules are not the same here. You are not the hottest person on the team, and you will play. So you're telling a great and Le'Veon Bell, hey, he,
0: he will what you play. can and cannot do.
2: Yes, because his attitude, in my opinion, is reprehensible, but I would so want him on my team for his skills because he is an amazing running back, and I would take him any day. So, Jake's kind of making a face over here. I want to get your feedback because you got something good to say, I I feel it.
1: Well, what's wrong about what Le'Veon
2: has done? You know, I understand the dude wants more money, but at the same time, you know, looking on the business side, you're like, hey, I haven't seen you play in an entire year. I don't know what you're producing. And so, to me, I would be like, okay, you know, I know that you've had these great seasons, But at the same time, I want to make it clear that the reason we went after you is not so you could have disputes with us. We're going to try and do right by you. You're more than welcome to talk to us, but you have to hold up your end of the bargain, and I don't think the Steelers enforce that.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you think about when a player signs a contract to a team, it's an agreement. And so if they can't reach that, I mean, if you're the best at your profession, and they're not going to pay you what you value yourself at... Do you want to make that deal? You won't. You want to stand up for what your worth is. Oh, don't get me
2: wrong. I would throw a lot of money at him. Um, I would throw a lot of money at him and just be like, "What you know? Like, what is your price? You know, for coming to my team?" And he gave them that,
1: and they didn't agree to it. So, well, started. yeah, but
2: I think that you know, with a different team, you know, I think that this will really help him on getting that money that he wants. Because, you know, there are teams out there that will offer, and if I were GM, I would offer him, but I would be like, look, you know, we'll pay you if you hold up your end of the bargain. And I think that that's where a little bit of miscommunication happened with him in the Steelers' front office. I think that that's what led to this year-long fallout.
1: Yeah, I just don't think that there's any behavioral issues with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he was just asking... For an agreement they wouldn't meet it and so he stood up for what he thought and I mean if someone agrees to pay him that he'll hold up his end of the deal I mean yeah you
2: know I you know like I do agree with you on that and I think that's what he would do um, it's just you know this is also part of my personality coming in I would just try and reinforce that with him just to be like hey you know like we want you here we'll pay you your money we really love you as an addition to the team but, you know, we know you have this history. We gotta, you know, like, lay some ground rules for a successful relationship because that's—laying ground rules is, like, the most important thing for any relationship in business, personal, anything. So I think that that would be the key to having Le'Veon on my team.
1: I think Le'Veon understands the ground rules. I think it's just kept me to an agreement. I think a very similar situation we could see happen this year with Demarcus Lawrence. If the Cowboys choose to use a franchise tag on him again— you could be in the same boat as Le'Veon Bell and say, no, I deserve the money that I'm worth. Stop franchising. Like, sign me to a contract. Stop tagging me and give me the money that I'm valued at. True. And so it's just fighting for them not to use this, not to use it against them and give them what their value is. And so I, I stand by Le'Veon Bell. I think he needed to get what he deserved. Oh, and if yeah. the Steelers couldn't do that, they needed to get rid of him.
2: I mean, yeah, like I would want to get a Pittsburgh too we're being real here you know that team's about to implode Antonio Brown you know kind of going off on it um you know Ben Roethlisberger kind of nearing the end here in my opinion based on what we've seen this season and you know a new challenger in that division in Cleveland and so if I were him I would
1: want to get it out yeah and you're not wrong he'll be one of the most interesting free agents if it comes to that mm-hmm. In the He'll probably be the most. Yeah,
2: Sorry, Matt. We didn't mean to ignore you over here. <laughs>
0: no, I'm just thinking of my fantasy team. Um, so, hey, the last guy I have mentioned real quick would be Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram and, and uh, Kamara both spent time with the Saints. You know... Move on. See what you can do. There's got to be a team definitely that will use Ingram's skills. He had seven touchdowns this past season, six rushing, one receiving. Um, in two years prior, he was over a thousand yards in rushing. So a very uh, a guy that can handle the duties by himself. He did a good job with Kamara, but I'm sure that's pretty much Kamara's the one, and and Ingram was RB two. So kind of.
2: It's like with any team. split running back situation, like in Denver. Even you know you have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman coming in. Then you know about like two or three games into the season, Philip Lindsay became the clear favorite. Which I was very happy I had him on my fantasy team at the time.
1: So I'm sure you were. <laughs> what about? I want to hear what y'all think because I haven't talked to anybody about it. But what do we think about Nick Foles?
2: You know, if I were Nick Foles, I would go to Jacksonville
1: because it sounds like he'll be he'll be out of Philly.
2: Yeah, I mean, the dude is like playoff magic, and I don't get it. Like Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of like Nick Foles has to come in and finish the job. And if I were Nick Foles, I would be like, well, what could I do over an entire season? Because he started for Carson Wentz at the beginning when Carson Wentz was still injured. Then he came back in, you know, when Wentz wasn't producing as much as the Eagles needed him to. And then, you know, Foles led them to that huge push into the playoffs. And I think if I were Nick Foles, I would go to a team that, you know, really needs a quarterback, you know. Tampa Bay is in basically like it's just basically like a pile of crap right now. Um, I mean, Gerald McCoy might be leaving. You know, you have essentially Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston competing for a job, and I don't think I would keep cool. Ryan Fitzpatrick. But like, or like a team that needs a quarterback, like I think that that's where I would go if that was Nick Foles. Well, we could get on a whole other tangent. Why you're wrong about <laughs> the Bucks?
0: But uh, but I think you know you look at the Dolphins definitely need a quarterback. Yes, you have Josh Rosen, but look, no, Arizona man, Arizona, that, Arizona could use Nick Foles maybe to mentor Josh Rosen. Josh
2: Rosen needs a lot of mentoring.
0: Well, yeah, it's just been one year. Arizona, you don't need to give up on
2: him. Yeah, no. Oh, hey, he's a big you know, investment. You don't, don't. Yeah, don't well, get well, up after one Well, I mean, with Cliff Kingsbury season. coming in, like, that's, yeah, we'll you know, see, that's we'll a see culture change. What, yeah,
0: it will be a culture change, but let's not get on a high horse and say oh, yeah. they're making the playoffs. Oh, yeah, no. They won't
2: be. I mean, Cliff couldn't even, you know, make it even recently close to the Big 12 championship when he was at Tech. And so, you focus. Too um, True. let's True. focus
0: on, I think Dolphins, I think Arizona... Maybe a Denver, and I know that they've Mm -hmm. got um, Case Case Keenum. I look at these teams and go, maybe if Nick Foles can be a very, very valuable backup, but maybe really at this point, too, he's earned it as a starter. Mm -hmm. And so that's why if you look at the Dolphins, yes,
2: start him. Um, I would even go Jets as well. With Sam Darnold, you know, I get it, but Sam Darnold maybe, you know, if he had like another year under Nick Foles... Um, Potentially, like, or even another quarterback. You know, I feel like that would Im- kind of like improve his game a little bit. And I get like Nick Foles has been everywhere, but like, I you think know. we're looking too far. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Let's, Let's not look the Jets. Let's
1: not look outside the division. You've got half that division that needs a quarterback. True. Giants desperately need to find out who's mm-hmm. going to be the heir to Eli Manning. And the Redskins are, in my opinion, the most desperate oh, yeah. team in the NFL for a quarterback. Yeah. I mean,
2: honestly, I do agree with you on the Redskins, Colt McCoy. um, Trying to lead that team, you know, after Alex Smith went down, which, by the way, was amazing because he cleared it for Mahomes and the Chiefs. But the Redskins, I do agree with you,
1: definitely need a quarterback. Yeah, I think he'd be a great fit in either. I mean, I think he's very talented, and it would be a great way for him to wrap up his career in the division. And I would love to see him and Carson Wentz in a couple matches throughout the season.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. So that'll be interesting to see where Mm -hmm. where he goes. And and really interesting, I can't wait for the draft, because there's a lot of changes that can be taking place, a lot of much-needed changes in the NFL. All right, so I want to quickly, as we're wrapping things up, on this day yesterday, you got something you
2: really wanted to share, Jacob,
0: so let's hear it.
2: Yesterday in 1911, the 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, was born. You know, I mean, I heard uh, from somewhere that you actually have a narrated copy of the American Revolution by Ronald Reagan.
0: I do, I do. I got that for about 99 no, $0.40 cents or $0.99, cents, a copy of Ronald Reagan narrating the American Revolution. What could be more American? <laughs> uh, very patriotic. On this day, though, another page, something pretty patriotic, or I should say a symbol of American music from Britain, was the Beatles. Beatlemania. Uh, Beatles arrived in New York in, I believe it was 1964. So that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. right? We love the Beatles. Okay, so fellas, as we generally wrap up, I can tell you this. Jake, Jake, if you know Jake, you're new. We'd like to do a segment called, Who Would You Share a Burger and Brat With?, um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start this off. I would love to share it with Drew Brees because I'm sure he's really still depressed. Brother Breeze. Brother Breeze. Probably love to have a hot dog or a burger and brat and really just debrief, mm-hmm. cope a little bit, and probably think, man... I should be there, and I probably could beat Tom Brady. So that's who I would have it with, and I think it'd be a great conversation. No cussing whatsoever, but it'd be a
2: great conversation. Man, he looked dead when he had to pick the two teams on live TV. That, I fell for him on that. Very
0: depressing. Very, very depressing. All right, Jacob, who do you
2: got? You know what? Uh, I know I didn't tell you all this before. Uh, Who I would share burger and broad with? The one, the only, King, George Strait. Of course. Because he just came out with a new single, and, you know, as well, he's one of the most legendary artists, and I would just love to hear from him and figure out how he got to Amarillo by morning from San Antonio.
0: All right, you heard that. So George Strait, you can uh, find him at Jacob Clements on Twitter, right? All right. And uh, he wants to, you to get in contact with him. All right, Jake, who would you share a burger and brought with?
1: I would gladly love to spend time with six-time Olympic gold medalist And just had her first child, Allison Felix. Just had a child, and she's already back working out again. One of the best sprinters in U.S. history. would love to spend some time and catch up with her. That's awesome.
0: And you know what? I completely failed to mention at the beginning of the show a Sooner legend. The great Bob Stoops. Big game Bob! Big game Bob. And so, kind of switching gears right at the end... Uh, What's cooking on the grill? Well, really, we're about to close that grill and we're about to wrap this up. Have a nice
2: beer and go home.
0: Exactly. Bob Stoops today, this afternoon, will reportedly, it looks like it's going to happen, will be named (laughs) the head coach and general manager of the Dallas franchise in the XFL League that's going to debut in 2020. Real quick what is your just a quick reaction how excited are you or are you like this is crazy
2: I'm super excited I wonder if he's been playing Madden 19 to figure out those trades that he's gonna make as GM all right that will be wild if there's any
0: <laughs> trades that cross <laughs> leagues that's never happened Jake what, what do you got how
1: excited are you for this I'm excited I've I've wanted to see Bob Stoops return ever since he left And frankly, I didn't mind if he went to another college team or went pro. I just want to see him coach. I think he's an amazing coach and fun to watch. Um, Going to the XFL, I don't know. I'm not going to have any interest in the league probably. So hope he does well, but I'm not going to follow. I I won't be too big. Side question, what
2: do you think that Dallas team will be called? Who knows? We'll probably find out later today.
1: Great sure. value brand, NFL <laughs> Cowboys. Okay.
0: All right, well, fellas, I want to say thank you for filling in, for being traded over uh, to join Burgers and Brots. Hope you had a good time. Uh, you can always follow us at Burgers and Brots on Twitter. Uh, comment below who you think uh, will be drafted tonight, and, and what your thoughts on Big Game Bob making his return? We will catch you on the next episode. Have a good one.